What's up, everyone, and welcome to Through the Veil Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Nelson, and in today's episode, we are going to dig in with leadership consultant Ryan Mullins. This is a really great episode for me because I personally have a lot of interest in learning how to be a better leader, and Ryan really has some deep wisdom from years of experience based around how to be an effective leader, get the most out of teams, and how to work in an environment where maybe some of the teams you don't enjoy and some of the people you don't work like working with. If you enjoy this episode, please drop a five-star rating if you are listening on iTunes and a review. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, a like, a comment, a uh, subscription to my channel is awesome. And if you enjoy this episode, just share it out to a friend who you think could use it. Uh, but without any further talking from me, let's go ahead and jump right into the episode. All right. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you being on. So if you can introduce yourself and kind of just summarize within a paragraph or two sort of what you do, what excites you right now, what are you into, and kind of what you're all about. All right. Um, well, I'm Ryan Mullins, and I'm, you know, I do a, a few different things, uh, and most of those things tend to point in, in the same direction. But uh, my, my job that pays the bills is uh, I'm a full-time leadership consultant mm-hmm. for uh, the health system in Alberta. And so really what I'm doing there is I'm going into teams working with hospitals, basically any, yeah. anywhere from senior operating officers from the top of the hospital down to unit managers. Mm-hmm. And I'll go in and assess the teams and leadership effectiveness and figure out what's going on that might be challenging yeah. or helping go good to great and do those assessments and make a variety of recommendations from there yeah. to help them move forward. So that's that's one aspect of what I do. Yeah. I kind of come from this unique background because I I do a lot of work in the human service field. Mm-hmm. So right now I continue to teach anger management programs. So these yeah. are like court mandated anger management programs. Yeah that uh, I've been doing for about nine years now. And they'll happen on the weekend, two weekends in a row. So I do that. Uh, Used to be a youth addiction counselor. So that kind of human human background that uh, is is really leaning into and supporting this leadership stuff I do now. Yeah, that's dope. The uh, leadership part. People start with that and dig into the anger management stuff if we have time. Um, you know, you and me have talked offline here about just various leadership topics. And I think one of the things that's interesting about your perspective is you share a similar view to me in that the best way to lead is by example mm-hmm. and not by force. Yeah. So I guess if you had to kind of not summarize, but dive into a few of the, the top level points that you would cover just in terms of what good leadership looks like versus what shitty leadership looks yeah. like, kind of what would those be? Right. Um, well, it, it's such a broad topic. And, and so when you're like going into this idea of defining leadership, yeah. you can, there's tons of different definitions of leadership you can, you can find. Yeah. Simply put, my favorite one really is, it actually goes after uh, the Rangers slogan, which is follow me. Right. right, that idea of really leading by example, yeah. doing, yes. right? 
And so that's that's the one I'm typically sharing with people is, yeah. is follow me. Right. But you know, I go in and taking a master's in leadership and, and finishing that, what I really learned coming out of that was is that leadership is a broad, right. broad job. There's a lot in there. There's a lot of research, there's a lot of different things. And also the other part is it really does come down to the personal self-awareness right and that's that's the big thing is, is this this really understanding of self right right understanding kind of your own specific leadership style what you might be mm-hmm. comfortable with so mm-hmm. i found that early in my career i was trying to emulate other leaders which can be good to an extent but i was emulating styles that were not jiving with what my personality is which is yeah. much more hands-off yeah um, and it just felt so fake and effective because that wasn't who I was so I totally agree that self-knowledge piece is really the crux yeah and, and you know and, and I think you're, you're hitting on something that's really important is that when we look at leading leading and authenticity have to go hand in hand again is leadership is a human skill yeah. right it is it is so important that we come at our leadership with authenticity that reflects of who we are because if you don't you don't lead with authenticity. People feel that, right. sense that, right? And so you kind of said something that's important. It's like you, you've seen different leadership styles uh, and, you, and you might have tried to emulate, but it didn't really feel. I think one of the important things is to really trust what inspires you in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And and so when you see a leader that really creates that feeling of power and like, man, that's right. I, so when I see them and you know, I've seen this leader do it this way. Yeah. I love that. I, I often am saying that, you know, that inspiration that you feel when you see that, you, you have that inspiration because you own that quality within. And, sure. and it's about cultivating that and allowing that to come out. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of trust and exploration. Um, there's, there's so many different ways to go about it. Yeah. Yet there's, you know, like you're saying, there's different leadership styles. We've researched these different things. Right. And at the end of the day, though, you know what it really, in my mind, you can you can look yeah. at all these different styles, all this different research. Are you authentic? Are you aware? Mm-hmm. And, and this is this is really coming into the realm that I think is that kind of foundation of leadership, which is an emotional intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I think the ability to navigate it comes first with being able to navigate your own emotions and being able to navigate yourself. That's the self knowledge piece. Mm -hmm. And then that builds into then being able to empathize, put yourself in other people's shoes and look at the others that you're interacting with and actually have that emotional, that EQ Mm -hmm. to go, what is this person feeling right now? Okay. They're lashing out right now. Why are they lashing out? Mm. Maybe shit went wrong at home. probably not related to just this or maybe it is related to work maybe i said something or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be but having that heads up approach where you can i mean a lot of times you can nip them in the bud before they happen yeah because you can go man i noticed you've been a little off this week is everything all right Mm -hmm. and then someone just goes no everything's not all right actually here's what's been going on yeah right yeah, and so like you just point out uh, like a few fundamental aspects of emotional intelligence. Really, in 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 my experience, I think one of the most important things is emotional self awareness, and really that's about understanding 
the subtleties between the different emotions that you're feeling yeah. and how they'll affect your thoughts and behaviors, right? And when we have a good understanding of that, we have enough awareness to really build other things like empathy and stuff, and that empathy being able to really recognize and see what may be happening for you. Right. Um, and one of the things I kind of run into is you see, see people kind of viewing empathy maybe as a weakness. Right. And even how you describe, like, you know, leader checking in, yes. you know, things, and, and that these emotion comes up, right? Um, but my experience is empathy is not a weakness. It's actually a huge strength. Yeah. Now, we can empathize with people, and this is where I find people may struggle a little bit, right. is we can empathize with someone. It doesn't mean I have to agree with them. Right, exactly. But I can say, hey, you know what? I know what it's like to be frustrated. And yes. I, can, I, can know that I know what it's like to be sad or right. powerless or whatever that is. And that's information. Yeah, right? absolutely. And that you can use to inform how you show up. So if you have an employee, a client, or someone, um, that empathy is very, very valuable for giving you information on how I can strategically show up in, in a situation. Yeah, and some people don't like the idea of uh, strategy or, or tactical empathy. Yeah, I'll use it that way to describe it to make that accessible to certain well, certain yeah, leaders. Certainly for yeah. my personality type, that's the way I have to come at it. Mm -hmm. Because it's not a supernatural skill for me. I tend to be the type of person that I think about myself first. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize that and go, that's what I do. So when I do need to utilize empathy as a tool in my toolkit, for lack of a better term, I have to go through the steps of going, this person is feeling frustrated. What is it like when I'm feeling frustrated? Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes me feel like this. Okay, now I have a good gauge of how that person is feeling. Love it. And then I can assess the situation from there. But I think it is useful to, to look at it in, you know, some people have it just naturally in space. They yeah. think about the other person first. Yeah. Not me, some people, that's just for whatever nature, nurture you want to say, that's not how they were built. So thinking about before yeah. when when you were developing that, mm -hmm. you actually you recognize, so this is what I love. They, yeah. That is a beautiful example, is you have the emotional self-awareness to recognize this is you know something I can work on, but also being able to start recognizing the emotion in other people. Yes. And you purposely go, Okay, I'm stopping for a second here and What's going on for them? How do I experience something like that? Does it feel? Yes. You're, you're, you're actually practicing empathy there. Have you felt your skill expand over time? In yes, that? absolutely. Yeah. As, it, as it it becomes more natural, it's still, and maybe it won't be someday, it's still always been a thought process for me, it just gets much quicker now, mm -hmm. where I'm just very easily able to assess mm -hmm. that, whatever the emotion is, yeah. especially if I have like a direct feed on it, it's an obvious like anger or frustration. It's yeah. like, there it is. Okay. Yes. I know what that's like. It's a little more difficult with some of the more subtle emotions like shame or guilt. Mm -hmm. Fear can be a tough one for me to kind of pick up on because I don't, you know, I'm scared of doing something or if it's just a fear based response. I don't, for whatever reason, I struggle with that a little more. I think that's a little more subtle. Frustration mm -hmm. usually is hard to hide. Mm -hmm. Fear can look like other stuff. My observations, but yeah, well, and, the, and, the, and I mean, this is how you have to make sense of these things for yourself. So you see how, like, even in this leadership talk, now we're moving into the realm of anger management, which yeah. is really it's not anger management. When I'm teaching these courses, this is an emotional awareness course, yeah. right? It's just understanding it. But you, you, it's like this this when you say this field of human emotion, right. this this 
this it's, it's quite broad in understanding yeah. how things go to be able to track emotions and understand them and that's what you're just describing here it's like you know they, they become harder they're, yeah. subtle, they're subtle and, yes. and, and where is it where is it coming this is why anger can be really tricky and this is something that shows up in the workplace all the time right whether it's clients um some of your workers other leaders you know everybody experiences anger and that's fine but it's tracking where where is that actually right. coming from yeah exactly yeah. Keep going. I love this topic. So well, it, it, well, it's great. And so when we when we think of like that anger, is and how I've helped people make sense of it is anger is really informed by pain, powerlessness, and fear. This is this this aspect of biological anger, which is really wired into us. Like if I was threatening you right. somehow or causing you pain, yeah. that anger is a healthy defense mechanism. Yeah. yeah. It's going, to, it's going to motivate you to protect yourself, right? And so that's that's kind of that biological purpose. It's meant to protect you, the organism. Right? When we get to this this kind of anger that can be less help, helpful, right? And it's it's I don't want to say it's not necessarily helpful. This this is how I kind of put it is, and people need to understand the difference. Well, what's the difference between aggression yeah. and anger? Right. Anger is an emotion. Mm. Aggression is an expression. Sure. Right. Yeah. And that, that's the aggression that often gets us into trouble. Right. Right. Uh, so the anger, when used properly, can be very, very helpful. Yeah. It's information. Right. And then when we have the ability to track our emotions yeah. and kind of go back and say, oh, this anger is coming from my fear here, or yes. I, I'm trying to be in control. I feel out of control. Yeah. It's almost like a compass. You can pick up the anger and go, oh. That direction is where I need to go look at. Yeah, something's going on over there. Totally. So anger, I'm like, hey, this is a flake. There's something inside of me that's not going on, or that's going on that's not right, or something yeah. outside of me that I have to pay attention to. Right. And so what I'm usually saying is like, anger is a wonderful motivator, a shitty consultant. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. So it's going to give you the energy, the the motivation to change something. Right. But how to change it is usually when we get in trouble. That's yeah. where it kind of goes to aggression. Right. So what we're shooting for is trying to be assertive, right. and which is is that ability to really stand firmly to protect yourself and others, uh, what you believe in, but you're not going to run over other people. You're not going to dominate or hurt other people. Right. And it's and it's not weak. Right? A, yeah. An assertive person will fight to protect themselves, right. Right? but there's a very conscious choice into it. Right? Right? It's not from that place of unconsciousness yeah. that anger can sometimes be can cause where it's you hurt me so fuck you I'm gonna hurt you back yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know if you're just being assertive you may go hey that wasn't cool what you did to me yeah I'd appreciate if you don't do that again yeah that's the assertive move yeah the angry move is you motherfucker what the hell's wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like one the anger move is not gonna get you a good result it's probably gonna escalate the situation the assertive move Maybe that person will then either open up and go, well, I acted like that because I thought you were rude and did this. Yeah. Or they might actually respect the boundary that you then set. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. And and there's there's this aspect and it's, uh, I'm really, this is what I really enjoy is this, this context. So you, I served uh, in the military reserves in Canada for, for nine years and, and that's a very structured, um, driven and 
there's a very way of holding yourself as a soldier, right? Right. And what assertiveness looks like there is going to look very different from assertiveness on a nursing unit, yeah. right? And this is where really having that awareness of context yeah. it becomes important. It's another part of that social intelligence right. and emotional intelligence. And so, because in the army, you took something from me, and I'm yeah. like, hey, listen, when you take that from me, I don't feel respected, and, and you're just get blasted out of water. Right. I mean, you gotta be a prey bag. Yep. Versus saying, hey man, you touched my fucking shit. Yeah. It really screwed me over, man. Yeah. Screwed everybody else over. That's what we're not about here, man. Yeah, don't do, do it again. again. Don't do it again. Yeah. You need to borrow something, you let me know. Yeah. I'm happy to lend it to you. Cool? Right. Like that's assertive. Right. And, and I mean, some people might argue that that was aggressive. Well, you know what? You have to be able to play the game. Yes. Right. Got another content. Right. And it's not not escalating. But if, you know, it happened on a nurse and you say that, you, you I can get called harsh. out for, yeah, kind of a making an unsafe environment, yeah, right? Exactly. You're swearing at someone and stuff like that, and that's not acceptable right. in a place. You know, and then that other way of describing it is, hey, you know, when you move this, it, it really caused, uh, it caused a lot of problems that actually impacted the patient. Right. And we need to really work together to make sure that stuff doesn't happen. Right. I need you to be able to tell me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And blah, 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 yeah. right? And so, you know, and this is this is really it. So, like, we just kind of get into this emotional intelligence and get to the anger. But this, to me, is, this is the future. Right. Really, is is this human skills. We used to call them soft skills. They're not soft skills. People think soft skills and whatever. You want trades and this yeah. and that. And it's human skills. Automation is changing the way we run the world. Mm -hmm. And really the way of the future are going to be the people who know how to communicate, organize, influence, right. work with people, inspire, inspire totally. And this is really leadership, right? Yeah. And mobilizing people to work in the same direction yeah. for the benefit of those individuals and the organization right. and the group. And to do that effectively, it requires a lot of really that self-awareness, yes. that emotional intelligence, um, and, and other skills as well, right? You, there's, there's basic management skills, yeah. and that's where people get kind of confused. There's a difference between leadership and management. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Management can be a tricky business because, you know, leadership, you're just purely leading a team, and especially if they're all inspired, they can be a lot easier sometimes than managing a team. Maybe 50% wants to be there, 50% doesn't want to be there. <laughs> just the sort of nuts and bolts I've ran into before where it's, documentation and yeah. making sure you're holding people accountable and making sure mm -hmm. you're ahead of every incident whole ball game which yeah. we can perhaps touch on another time I think uh, one of my favorite analogies that I've heard is that most companies it's like a tug of war is going on and what you want is everyone pulling in the same direction you know if you're mm -hmm. team Ryan that you have going you want everyone pulling in the same direction, but in most companies, the way it's functioning is you got a bunch of people that are just fucking hanging on the rope mm -hmm. in the middle. They're not pulling in any direction. Yeah. And you've got a few people, and it's the toxic people that are pulling the opposite direction yeah. for whatever reason. And that's why some of the teams are so stagnant. Yeah. You can't get crap done. It's because nobody's pulling what they need to be pulling. Well, I like I like how you kind of describe that. It's almost like a tug of war with people hanging in the middle another way, and it's that's almost like a, the change management conundrum, right? Yes. It's like, like there's a reason we do change management is for years we've always focused on really project management, right? And and this is the idea of like you can have excellent management of a project, so you have great 
implementation plan of yep. this new policy yeah. technology, whatever it is. Your machine's gonna get installed. No yeah. problem. No problem. And it might be great. Yeah. Awesome. It means nothing if people do not change their behavior and right. adopt the, the, the change, yeah. right? And so we've, we've learned over time that, hey, you know, the, it's great and we've seen changes happen time and time again that were really awesome that fail. Well, why? And it's like you're saying, it's like all of a sudden you get these people pulling different directions. And this is really the principles of change management, which right. is about managing the people side of that change. Yes. Again, this people skill, mm -hmm. right? How do people change? We're building awareness around, you know, why are we making this change? What's the risk of not making this change? Right. And, and then and then desire that I'm, I'm committing to make this change, right? And then you can go into those other places. But what it is, it's about shrinking that transition time, getting more people pulling on that one right. end. You're always going to have resistors, and that's you, you introduce change. It's a natural human emotion to want to resist that change. They're not bad for that. It's exactly. prolonged resistance that we have to be careful. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so that's what we'll change management. So this is that other piece. And, you know, again, it's that human skill right, that, that comes along. But, you know, when we think of that change management aspect, that's that's... That's a that's something we need to learn as leaders as well. That's a concrete skill. Right. Yeah. I I always have internally used the paradigm of support and hold accountable. And mm. support comes first. Mm. You support the person first. Yeah. And then you hold them accountable if yeah. you need to after that. But you know, first incident or first time with the negative bug, new yeah. projects being rolled out. You support them, you give them more information, you tell them why we're doing this, you run them through what the project scope looks like, so they actually understand what's going on. Yes. And then, like you're saying, if then there's prolonged mm -hmm. resistance, that's when the whole thing accountable comes yeah. into play, because there are going to be just those people for whatever, you know, you can't fix every person that walks through your door. Someone might need 10 years of therapy to get to the point where they are now a positive person mm -hmm. and as a business owner or as a manager you can't necessarily be the person to try and fix all of that no therapist yeah, yeah exactly but it is your job to first make sure that did this person have all the tools i could put in their hands to succeed mm -hmm. if they did and they're still failing then at least when the situation comes to an end i won't yeah. feel guilty about that yeah about Hold your performance management that that gets right. into, right? Yeah. And you, you just described one of my favorite quotes when it comes to kind of change mm -hmm. is that, like you said, that there's this support and then um, the accountability yeah. is that, you know, some people change when they see the light, others change when they feel the heat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we don't want to come at that heat. That, right. That's a little more that's forceful. Right. Yeah. You, you want to get people to buy into those things, but right. we also have to have some structure. And I, and I like what you said there. And this is what a lot of leaders tend to, in my experience, struggle with is that they, they really go into the soft quite a bit yeah. and they don't learn to turn the heat right. up eventually, exactly. right? And that actually creates a bit of entitlement. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and that's, that's a challenging thing in the workplace because at the end of the day, there's an agreement an employee is making to do work for an organization. Right. So when the organization says, we need to do work this way, and that's a change from the way they've done it. Yeah. There's a natural resistance. But if you know that you can develop these cultures that say, no, we get a say in that. Right. And there's a time and place that you don't get a say. Right. You need to do your work differently. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Especially when there's good re good reason behind it, a well thought out reason. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it was uh, oh, what's his name? Jocko Willink. Okay. If you listen to some of this stuff yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. So 
I love what he says about it, which is that, you know, in his military units, mm -hmm. what do you respect the most for the people that, you know, they wouldn't argue over little bullshit changes. Yes. So if I go, hey, Ryan, you know, today instead of water, we're drinking tea. <laughs> and you hate tea, but it's not a big thing. So you just don't yeah. argue over it because it's not a big deal. Yes. But then you build up your credibility with the leader mm -hmm. to the point where they go, well, Ryan doesn't just, he's not the person who's just pitter-patter disagreeing over every little thing. He's the person who, when something big comes up that you truly believe in and disagree with, that's when you present your disagreement. Mm -hmm. I think from the employee side of things, that's super smart because it is. I've noticed myself as a leader, all the types of employees who every little thing is a problem. And it's just, yeah, those are the people, well, I don't know if you're, I don't know the difference between what is truly a problem now and what is just you complaining about something versus right. like complaining. Yeah. But then I had a few key employees who were the people who would, who would only speak up when it was like, I really don't think this is the way to do this. I think mm -hmm. it's dangerous, whatever it might be. And those key employees are the ones I actually trusted and would yes. make their input more so. So it's just interesting that it's uh, the yeah, same, I love this. Yeah. same sort of paradigm. Yeah, and so... And, and, you know, as you're talking, what I'm seeing, you're, you're just talking, it's like all the stuff we're speaking tends to fall within this idea of a team effectiveness model. Right. Like how, do, how does an effective team work? Like what are those components of that? Yeah. And, and if certain components of that are missing, that's when we start seeing the productivity drop or other things yeah. happen. And this is, this is something that I'll go into teams and look at is, is Okay, you're getting this happening. You know, we get a lot of conflict and people have trust issues on the team. I'll see this quite often. Is like uh, I teach a lot of leadership courses, and yeah. some some of that stuff is what we offer to our clients as far as service. And usually, the service comes in is like we need you to come do this pro personality profiling so we can get along better, and, yeah. or we need to work on communication and and stuff. And, and, I, and honestly, it's. I'll often say, and I'm not trying to be crass about yeah. it, it's like, you learn how to talk right. nicely to one another in kindergarten. Yeah. You know how to talk nicely to one another. Yep. There's a difference between, there's, there's something else happening there. There's, yes. there's an application issue. Exactly. And so when we see communication issues, you know, I, you have to like, each team's different, it's going to be slightly different, but in a lot of cases where you get like conflict happening, what I'm usually seeing is that there's a challenge in role clarity and process issues, right? right? Is that, so? you know, let's say we work together. Yes. Maybe we don't like each other, but that's fine. You don't have to like people to work right. together. And that's an important thing people have to remember. I don't actually really have to like you to trust you, exactly. right? We'll, we'll talk more about that trust in a yeah. sec, but let's say, yeah, we're working together. You think I should be doing something a certain way, and yes. I think you should be doing something a certain way. Yeah. And, this is, and then you're not doing it, and I'm just like, how's oh, my ass? Like, he never does his job, yeah, right? Yeah, he never does it great, blah, blah, yeah. blah. When, when in fact, he's doing it right, and I, right. Have, uh, you know, I have a different idea on how that is. Exactly. And so what, what happens is that role clarity process, yes. lack of how decisions are made, that focus, that same direction, all this stuff, this is the arena for the conflict to come. And right. so conflict is sim symptomatic of something else. Right. I mean, I've seen it plenty of times where there's just a caustic individual on the team, and that right. can be very detrimental to a yes. team. For the most part, though, conflicts are being triggered by certain things, and you're going to get a lot of triggering coming from lack of role clarity. Which has been exactly my experience. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing that you say that, because my most recent position, that was like the one of the number one issues, lack yeah. of role clarity, and just causes all these problems where you know, person A is telling person B, I won't go into too much specific detail, yeah, yeah, yeah. but person yeah. A is telling person B what to do, 
and person B doesn't want to do it because it's not very clear that person A is actually in charge, mm -hmm. or maybe they shouldn't actually be in charge. Yeah. And it just instantly creates this strife yeah. where when those roles are just very clearly defined and it's like, hey, Ryan, you're doing quality assurance. Hey, Alex, you're doing performance management, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Then it's clear what you're supposed to be doing. And then the metric by which you're passing or failing is also more clear. Yeah. And so you're really pointing to this. This is important. This is why, like, you know, you see Jocko talking about his experience in the Army. I talk a lot about my own personal experience, yeah. too, is that we have the shared mission and focus is this commitment and we understand that we'll be asked to do certain things at certain times we might not understand but we know it's going towards that greater good so we right. don't always necessarily question it further is that we really understand our role we're really well trained and everybody knows what's expected of everyone else yeah. and we also understand that we're only as fast as our slowest person and sometimes i'm going to be that slow person if i'm injured tired or whatever is going on and there's this this understanding of roles and and, and that focus and that, right. that is where I've been worked in some of the most ironed, most efficient teams, yeah. right? And the fact that I, I've worked with guys I didn't like at all, right? right? I'm gonna go spend time after work with a beer, you know, and have my personal time being spent with them. Yeah. However, when it came down to it, I trusted him to do his job and he trusted me and I got his back. We might not be we didn't have ill will, and that's right. really important. I don't have it out for you, but I, I don't like you. Yeah. But we're committed to the same outcomes. Yes. We're consistent. And we're confident, mm -hmm. right? And that's the three things that are really important for trust. Yeah. And so when we look at that again, coming back to that that, that conflict and how that comes right. out, and that real clarity, like all these things become this really important thing. And so let's bring it back to that leadership. Yeah. This is where it's tough because it's a leader's job really to be able to see this. Yeah. And so I'll come in with a leader. We'll look at all these different things. Maybe there's some stuff in terms of your flip, uh, focus, right? Are people working in the same direction? Right. Right. Is there that passion for action and moving in, in that, that way? Um, is it people have priority alignment or in the process and working methods is real clarity and stuff like that. Um, and you know, the ability of a team to be agile and, and yes. the trust and all that stuff. So all this stuff is part of the team effectiveness. Right. And we have to ask the leader. So when we see these symptoms coming up and figure out what's the core issue, well, what is required of a leader in this situation sure. as a consultant? And this is why I'm actually so grateful to have been an internal consultant mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm, there's a benefit for me to work myself out of the job. Yeah. Yep. Right. Because uh, if you're a basketball coach, I like this yeah. analogy, and you're you're trying to get your team to work on a certain skill, mm -hmm. you wouldn't get me to come in and coach your team, right? Right? You, you you might get advice from someone, but that's your team to coach, right? Right? As a leader, that's your team. Yes. You're the person that's closest to them that have the relationship with them, and they need to see you responding different ways, right? right? And so, what's required of the leader in these different situations of so conflicts coming out? Well, what? What's required of the leader? Well, let's figure out that conflict. Yeah. Is it role clarity? And this is where leaders, and it's just, we're human. Yeah. We don't like conflict, and it's a challenging thing to discuss with someone to say, hey, right. you know, Alex, yeah, this is your job. Right. Because you might not like what yeah. I'm saying, but no, this is what is expected of you. I know no one's ever made it clear before. Yeah. But now it's clear. This is what you're expecting to do here. Very often, you know, people are getting promoted into leadership positions, and they're inheriting a mess of this stuff because the former leaders yes. really avoided the difficult conversations right. 
didn't clarify those things and rather felt good about themselves in the moment with Peter. Yeah. I want you to like me rather than me having this team be well oiled. Right. And so they kind of sacrificed that. And next thing you know, you have this this train wreck. Yes. People are quitting. That leader leaves. Yep. New leader gets hired, and they're all excited to come in. And it's then it's like boom. And then everybody's mad at that new leader for disrupting the culture that has developed here because this is the way we do things. Yes. And you don't understand it. Yeah, and it also it it's funny because there's so many businesses where you see that the standard is people getting promoted to their highest level of incompetence. Hmm. So like someone can be a salesperson, yes. maybe they're the best salesperson in the world. Yeah. And they get promoted to being a sales manager and they have no idea how to be a manager, and so they just bomb at it. Yeah. But you see this in some businesses where there's people who man, I think this ties into being a really truly effective leader is being able to identify people's strengths and put them into positions that match their strengths. Because mm -hmm. when you have people who aren't strong at what you're asking them to do, it's just a recipe for disaster every time. Yeah. It breeds resentment. It makes them feel like they're failing and nobody is going to perform well. They're mm -hmm. not going to be a good employee or a good coworker when they feel like they're failing day in, day out. Right. Because it's just this, I mean, it's like drowning, right? <laughs> like slowly drowning, especially if it's bad management yeah. situation where it may not get noticed for a while. They may spend a year slowly drowning before someone goes, hey, Bob is really not doing his job at all over there. What's going on? Man, so much like this is such a huge, and I love this topic because there's a ton of stuff there because there's, there's so many leaders that are very happy to blame the employees but not look at the, the system for right. things. And then, yeah, because it's bad behavior that people can manifest, but Look at that greater system. And you, you just brought up this, this concept, like it happens so often. We will give good clinicians, good skills, uh, people in trades, anybody who like the best accountant, the best, yeah. the highest performers will often get promoted into the leadership position. But what is asked of them as a leader is a different set of skills yes. than it is to be whatever that was right. before. And this is where, like, really the one organization that really has it right, and I mean, you'll get bad leaders in the military, yeah. but the military, everybody who moves up into a certain leadership position, mm -hmm. to, to an officer, or a non-commissioned member, right. a non-commissioned officer, there is leadership training yes. that they go through, right? Doesn't mean that they're gonna be an exceptional leader, right. so those skills, but this is basic. Yeah, there's basic things. This is how you teach. This is how you lead. This is like you get that training. Go to our uh, workplaces. Yeah. We don't do that for people. So it's really, we, we throw our leaders out there and then expect them to do it. And then we start responding and giving them leadership courses right. when they're struggling. Yes. But by that time, it's, well, it's never too late, but by that time, it's, it's much harder. A lot of times you've poisoned all those relationships yeah. that totally. you're working with and it's just, it's exponentially harder to drag back about the situation than it is to start with the tool belt and mm -hmm. work on the situation from the get-go with the right set of principles. Yes, right, and and to be able to start fresh in that place mm -hmm. versus, like you're saying, working backwards. Yeah. And um, and this is, you know, I did my, my thesis work was on employee engagement, mm -hmm. right? And when we look at some of the key drivers of employee engagement and employee engagement, like engagement is one of those words that's thrown away. Yeah. But the best definition of engagement is, is really the intellectual and emotional connection mm -hmm. that someone has to their direct supervisor, sure. their 
co-workers and the nature of their work or their job that allows them to put discretionary effort in, mm -hmm. which is why, why that's so valuable is it means that, you know, things might be not great right now, they might be really tough, yeah. but I'm connected, yeah. right? And yeah, there's this energy to it and that I'm willing to push through it. And so that's really important for change. So there's this resiliency, engagement's a big part of resiliency, which is a big term that's coming up in yeah. the leadership world now. Um, and so really what, when we look at that engagement, it comes to the relationship that that supervisor, that leader has. That's one of the key drivers, that, that positive relationship right. that they have. And so you give these leaders, you put them into new positions, they don't have that training, then it, it impacts the relationship. And then by the time you train them and give them the stuff they need, right. it's, it's this, this, this train wreck of things. Yes. And then, and then you're losing really good, skilled technicians and all those other people that just needed some leadership training. Right. We need to really be better at training human skills, not just yes. for leaders, but everyone in general. Um, we don't teach human skills. I think we're getting better at it. Like, you yeah. know, they're talking more about it, but if we need some very specific in the world today is just let's build self-awareness. Let's, let's teach people to manage conflict. It's just the hardest thing humans will ever do is manage conflict. We hate it, we want to avoid it, right? All that stuff. So the fundamentals of, of leadership development comes to this place, again, of these human skills, not soft skills. I, we've got to drop the soft skills. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly. bad terminology. Yeah, this is human skills. Yeah, yeah. and it's important skills. I mean, it's... Yeah. It, it affects everything you do in life. It affects your personal relationship. It affects how your job goes. Yeah. It affects how you interact with the person at the grocery store because knowing how to manage your own mind and manage your emotions and yeah. then subsequently knowing how to manage other people. Yeah. I mean, if the guy cuts you off on the street, it's like mm -hmm. if you go through the process of maybe he's rushing because his wife's having a baby right now. Yeah. Just that simple empathy piece, then all of a sudden you're not mad anymore. Yeah. Versus if you're in this just dark anger mm -hmm. it's about other shit in your life yeah and you're like all right fuck this i'm gonna hit yeah, 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 yeah. Like run off the road and then you end up in my anger management course right exactly. yeah i guess you're right that's right you're gonna hang with me yeah well and, and, and that's it and that's a good show again of emotional uh self-awareness on your half and really being able to recognize that your the way you perceive the world changes the way you experience it right right when you change the way you see things the things you know, you see change. And if you view things as, you know, as recently was said just really well by Dr. Dan, is, um, how did he put it? He said, um, is life happening to you or for you, right? Right, and that simple shift can have a profound effect. And that's really going back to that when you change the way you see things, the things you see change. Life isn't the challenge that is happening, is happening here for me. What is the lesson? How do I reorientate it, it myself? What is what is that thing? What do I do? Versus now I'm a victim. This is not fair. I don't have control. Yeah. Then we build resentment and anger, trying to control the things. And you'll never get angry enough to get rid of anger, right? You'll never get sad enough to get rid of sadness. And we tend to go through this process of doing that. And so, how do we shift that? Yeah. And you'll never get. I think the important thing is like you'll never get enough control to meet the metric that your anger or your sadness wants. Mm. Like you can't effectively enough control everything around you to the point where there would be no input that would cause you a flare of anger or no input that would cause you a flare of sadness. So when you stop trying to control every little thing and you sort of step into that mindset of what is this moment trying to teach me? 
then all of a sudden you let go of those things. Because it's not through at a conversation earlier that it, it's like your mind will trick you into saying there's enough. Like if I have a little more control, then that'll be enough. But as soon as you hit that threshold, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. You need a little more control, right? All of a sudden yeah. you're just spending all your energy trying to control every little thing that's actually sure. making you more angry. Yeah. And you know, and then control is just based in well, it's something we want as humans. We want certainty. We want things to be as the same as we can. That's so that, that fear, and it's it's just a fear response. And we keep seeking control. You'll never, you'll never get that. Yeah. And and then so you're, it, it just becomes a very destructive cycle. Yes. And so when you think of leaders, they a lot of control on the team, and then there's. When things don't go well, is this reaction versus a response, right? right? And um, and so coming back into that kind of leadership realm again is is the question is what is your leadership frame? How do you view right. leadership and people within your team? And, you know, there's a lot of talk like you know Jocko. I think in one of his earlier books he says you know you're 100% accountable for the things yeah. you can't get get where he's coming from. One of the things that kind of I reframe it a little bit, and yeah. I think we're seeing things. Me and him, and, yeah. and similar thing is that we don't have. At the end of the day, I cannot control everything. I cannot control your behavior, yeah. so therefore, I cannot necessarily be accountable to right. it. But I am accountable to my actions, yes. and my actions, because that's the only thing you own in life are your actions, right? Exactly. And so, as a leader, you're 100 percent accountable for the way you respond to the situations of people's choices, right? Right. And that's where you turn turn into that, right? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and, and I think you know this is what we're we're talking about really is locus of control. Um, like this morning, we had that, that nice rain and wind coming in, yeah. and I was having a conversation with someone on the beach, and it's like, you know, it's so funny. I could sit here yelling, scream right. at the sky. You're supposed to be in like Mexico it. with nice yeah, sun the whole time. Totally. Or I can just accept it and find the beauty for it, and look at these waves that it's creating. And we just spent an hour body surfing, right. having so much fun, and that wouldn't have happened without this, yeah. this weather as it, as it was. And so the locus of control is really the one thing we own, the one thing we mm-hmm. control are our actions, yeah. right? And then everything else is kind of falls into this realm of we have some influence, right? Like my action can have influence on you, right? Yes. But I still, you know, at the end of the day, I don't have control of you, you still have that choice. Yeah. And then further to that, you know, that we have this is what we control that a little bit. We have a little more influence, and then what we don't have control over is this awesome thing, and it's scary, I think, yeah. right? And yet, we spend a lot of time paying attention to these things we don't have control or influence on right. as as leaders, and and we need to really be able to focus in again, right? What is that I have control over? What actions will I take in this moment that is going to bring me closer to that leader I want to be? And my team closer to that team they need to be. I get the quote from Victor Frankel. Sums it up perfectly. We're getting close to the end here, so I got much two questions. Sure, sure. The quote from Victor Frankel, I believe, I could be wrong in that attributing, but I think it's him that the last of this after he spent years in a concentration camp mm. and wrote Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah, it's like the last of the great human superpowers is the ability to choose what our attitude is. And that really speaks to everything you're saying. It's like yeah. that is the accountability piece. I'm accountable for my reaction yeah. to outside circumstances. I will never be able to control every outside circumstance, yeah. but 
I am responsible for how I react, and I am capable of responding different mm. to any circumstance. Because if he was able to respond by fucking writing and yeah. search for meaning after being in a concentration camp, those conditions, then I can do some shit. Yeah, so, right. And you can't argue with Richard, man. Yeah, like, yeah. he's lived it. Yeah. So as we wrap up here, I want to ask you, like, what's the one thing you're most excited about coming up for yourself? What's the thing that just lights you on fire and gets you vibrating out of bed every morning? Yeah, you know what? I like this human skill stuff. I love that and stuff. You know, right now, really looking, which is exciting because it's, it's, it's to me is is really important. Is this this application I'm working on, which is called Faces of Valor, and we're trying to bring augmented reality into grave sites so right. people can have a deep and meaningful connection with those who gave their lives. So being able to walk in and hold your phone, and all of a sudden you'll get the pictures in the bio. Yeah. And I, when I have this vision of having a World War II veteran holding that, knowing that we're continuing to hold these memories yes. and that we're learning from their sacrifices yeah, and so we're trying to be better and we won't forget them. That's, that gets me excited. Yeah, that really does. And um, so that's that big thing. And, and of course, you know, the work I'm doing, and, and it's, this, it's all in the same realm. It's, yeah. it's in kind of the service of and this leadership stuff too. Just trying to step out and do this on my own a little bit, yeah. right? And that's that's exciting too, just to be able to carry my own authenticity in words. Yeah, but so last couple of things here. Where can people find you online? Instagram, Facebook. What's the best spot to connect with you? Well, I appreciate that. Okay, so the, I, you just challenged me. So, like I said, is I I, uh, I bought RyanMullins.com. Yeah, it's uh, M U L L E N S. Okay. Um, I'm gonna get that going up here Sweet. because you know it's just about stepping out and doing things. Yeah, my absolutely. big model for my app has been I'd rather try and fail yeah. and not have tried at all. And same with just moving into doing more private leadership consulting. Awesome. So that's gonna be up soon. Cool. Um, and that's that's the big one that uh, you can find. Yeah, you can find. You can always follow Ryan Mullins on uh, uh, or Mullins at Mullins Ryan on yep. Instagram, yep. and I post stuff up there too. Perfect. Yeah, that's the last. Uh, Last thing here, I'm trying to implement more gratitude and appreciation into my life. So I think I just want to take a second to appreciate you for who you are, Brian. Um, there's someone who I've been really inspired by your vulnerability um, and just your ability to speak openly from your heart. It comes through your excitement and what you're talking about, about leadership comes through. And I just appreciate the shit out of you. And I think you're just a beautiful human as you are. And Present and the amount of thought you put into these things, it's very clear that you're someone who thinks of others and is always looking to make the world a better place. So, just want to say, appreciate you for that. See you. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, brother. Yeah. All right. So, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really think Ryan has some very, very useful perspectives on how to be an effective leader and he's obviously gained those from having such a long breadth of experience in that area if you enjoyed this episode as always it really really helps out the show if you share it out with a friend you know if you're on social media if you're on instagram go ahead and share out this episode and tag me at alexander diesel just so i can see it give you a shout out for helping me grow the show other than that it always helps if you throw a five-star rating if you are on itunes or your podcast player of choice and if you subscribe to my channel both on youtube and on itunes that's very helpful so appreciate y'all listening in and i hope you enjoyed this episode